You know, it, it's so easy, uh, and many people do, uh, kind of stumble or, or sleepwalk through life without a plan, uh, without a real focus on their priorities, uh, and often, uh, as the video said, without a real appreciation uh, for the people that make our lives uh, what they are. Um, it's kind of like going through life on autopilot. Uh, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but it happens occasionally to me that I start off heading for one destination, uh, and before I know it, I, I wake up and I realize that I've taken two turns that take me on my usual route, um, either to work or to dropping my kids off at school, and I realize that, you know, for the last three minutes, I've basically just been on autopilot, right? My, my subconscious mind just kind of took over uh, and took me where I was going because I wasn't really thinking about the destination that I had in mind when I started. Uh, and things like that happen because of the subconscious part of our minds. Uh, they say that up to 95% of what we do on a daily basis is controlled not by conscious choices that we make, um, but actually by, sub, by our subconscious, by that part of our mind that is just moving and acting without us really thinking about it. 95% of our thinking, of our patterns, and our choices uh, can be influenced simply by the subconscious uh, mind at work, our experiences, our beliefs, uh, our patterns of thinking are at work. You know, as I was thinking about that this week, uh, I realized how much I do that is controlled without my really thinking about it. And I can't remember real clearly when I learned to drive, but um, etched deeply in my memory is when my first child learned to drive um, about a year ago. And I just remember what a struggle it was for her in the beginning, right? So many things happening at once. Uh, controlling a steering wheel, controlling a pedal that makes it go faster and a pedal that makes it slow down. How much to turn the wheel in order to make the turn properly. Which way to push the turn signal lever, uh, whether you're going left or right. How do you remember that? How much pressure to put on each pedal and time everything just right. Uh, so many things happening at once. And then you look just a few weeks, uh, months, years later, so many things are just automatic. Uh, do you even think about what you need to do to change lanes anymore? I know most of the people I drive around don't. Um, everything is optional, it seems like. Uh, but that's just one example of the things that we do so automatically without even thinking about it. Uh, if you're anything like me, you have other patterns and habits um, that you find yourself doing without even thinking about it, whether it's on your computer at work or your phone in your pocket, um, whatever it is, you have habits that you do, um, choices that you make, not consciously, but subconsciously. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Uh, it's not that big of a deal with driving that you're not making those conscious choices all the time, and it's actually a good thing that so many things come automatically in that process. Uh, but here's, here's the thing. Uh, it's that unless we really take a conscious inventory and make a conscious effort to look and see what destination we're actually headed to, our set of current beliefs and thoughts and patterns and habits are going to take us to the current destination that they are pointing to. Unless we participate in something like this 
near-death experiment, and we actually take an inventory to see whether or not our life and the current way we live our daily life is actually reflective of where we want to end up. Is our daily life, the things that we choose to spend our time on, the people who we choose to spend it with, um, the goals that we set, are they actually reflective of our true values? Are, are they actually reflective of who we really want to be and where we want to invest our time and what we want our legacy to look like? Are we focused on what matters most or are we just cruising on autopilot? You know, towards the end of life, or at the end of life, people tend to have the same regrets. Uh, and two of the top regrets that people have at the end of life are these. Under-prioritizing their most significant relationships and failing to live their unique and authentic life. And unfortunately, when it happens that way, when it happens at the end of life, it's then that they realize what matters most. And so that's why we want to take this time to ask the question, what matters most? Uh, and today, as we look at uh, a passage in the Gospel of Mark, uh, it's going to point us to what matters most, and, and it's going to point us to um, this bottom line uh, for our time together today. And it's this, that we should major in the matters that matter most. That, that when it comes to our priorities and the way that we spend our time, we need to make a conscious effort. We need to take inventory of our days and weeks and months to make sure that we are majoring in the matters that matter most. But that leads us to a question. How do we figure out what matters most? How do you and I determine what matters most? Where do we go? Who do we ask? Well, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus uh, finds himself in a conversation with um, some legal experts and scribes and, and Pharisees. And there's one man here on the scene. He's described as a lawyer or a scribe that was in the crowd. And, and they're having this conversation, and he sees that Jesus has been answering the questions that are put to him very well. And in that moment, he sees an opportunity. He sees a chance to say, to find out from God himself what matters most. And so you have to look at his background, right? As a scribe, uh, an expert in the Old Testament, the Torah. This man was aware that there were over 600 commandments in the Old Testament. Uh, that there aren't just the 10 commandments, right? But there's 600 more commandments in the Old Testament, and in narrowing it down to what matters most, the man asked Jesus this question, right? He says, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus, I need to know what matters most. What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replies in Mark chapter 12, in verse 29, it says, Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. 
And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. What matters most to God? Jesus says these two things matter the most to God. To love God and to love people. Right? The things that matter most in the mind of Jesus, in the mind of God, two things. Love God and love people. We could call this a, a macro mission, right? Uh, that Jesus is saying, do you want to know your mission? Uh, do you want to know your top priority out of 613 priorities given in the Old Testament? What your top priorities are? Love God and love people. I think we have a slide that says your macro mission, I hope. Yes, there it is. Love God and love people. But it feels a little vague, doesn't it? Right, I mean, you may have been coming to this church for quite a while, uh, and you may know our mission statement, which is love God, love one another, and love the world. Uh, but putting hands and feet to that, uh, walking it out, is kind of a different thing, right? I mean, we can know that the top priority, that our mission is to love God and to love people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we know what to do with that, right? Um, it looks like different things to different people. It looks like different things to different people in different circumstances. Uh, and that's why uh, that brings us to the idea of a micro mission. So, so the macro mission is to love God and love people. And, and in general, that looks, like, that looks like things like devotion to God and care for the people around you. Um, caring for the poor, caring for the hungry and the thirsty and the fatherless and the widow. Uh, but we each need to discover, we need to understand that we have a micro mission as well. And, and that's what the big mission, loving God and loving people, looks like through me. What, what the micro mission is, is that big mission channeled, funneled through you and the way that God has uniquely designed and equipped you. Um, this micro mission is the reason that we have diverse organizations representing the body of Christ. And, and these are just a few that we um, partner with and have partnered with here at North Bible Church. But each one of these organizations and their mission represents the macro mission of loving God and loving people, right? But they are micro missions um, because it's an individual mission that God put on an individual's heart and then other individuals with that same micro mission came around and said, yes, that's my mission too. That's my passion as well. And organizations like this were born. And so we see downtown urban community kids caring for inner city kids. We see Feed My Starving Children feeding people around the world. Phoenix Rescue Mission caring for the homeless, for drug addicts, for people that live on the streets. Living Water International bringing uh, healthy drinking water and the gospel to people all around the world. And we could go on and on about the works of organizations with micro missions. It's that mission expressed through unique individuals. And that's why we all have different callings as well. 
That's why we have nurses and doctors. We have mechanics and coaches and engineers. We have people in customer service. We have lawyers. We have moms and dads. All different callings. All a mission from God expressed through unique individuals. So how can you identify your design and mission? Well, hopefully... um, When you came in this morning, you received a bulletin, and your bulletin may have had multiple inserts in it, Um, but I created this insert out of the materials that we're using for our sermon series today um, because it's going to help us navigate some of the questions. Now, now some of you may already know what your micro-mission is, and you may be on it, Um, but others of you may be looking for that micro-mission and trying to figure out how you can get on your micro-mission as you're doing things like raising a family uh, and having a job, Um, all those kinds of things. Um, But this sheet is designed to help you ask some questions to identify some values um, and things that are important to you as well as unique ways that God has gifted you and created you. Um, So if you have that and you take a look at it for just a second, Um, One of the simple things on there um, is to identify some of your personal values, right? There's a list of them there, and you can add more to the list because it's certainly not comprehensive in any way, shape, or form, Um, but it is designed to get us thinking about what our top personal values are, and you may want to identify more than three or four, um, but these top values should really guide your decision-making and how you're going to spend your life and how you're going to spend your days, and your moments with people. So that is one way, um, one tool that we can use uh, to guide us, is what are my top values? What are my top priorities in this life that A, I want to pursue, and B, I never want to compromise, right? That my micro-mission is going to hold these up and never compromise them, because that's who I am. That's who God's created me to be. Uh, And then just below that list uh, of values, you'll see an acronym, uh, the word SHAPE. And this helps you identify certain areas that are particular to you and the way God's designed you as well. Uh, What are your strengths, right, your abilities? What's your heart? What are you passionate about? What about awareness and sensitivity? Are there global issues? Are there local issues? that God has put a certain sensitivity in your heart about? What about your personality and your temperament? You know, not everyone is designed to work with little kids, and not everyone's designed to work with high schoolers, and not everyone's designed to work with homeless people, but certain people are, and they have those giftings, those temperaments, those personalities that God has designed for those situations. And then what are your experiences? What are the unique experiences that you've had through your life We see this all the time. Uh, People go into um, law enforcement, or they go into, uh, they they go to school to be an attorney, or they they choose some other career because of a physical therapist, perhaps. Because of their life experiences, they want to figure out how they can channel that to love God and love people through the ways that God has created and designed them. And finally, um, there's a list of questions there. Uh, What are you most passionate about? What have people affirmed in you that they most appreciate, right? People may recognize things in you that you don't recognize in yourself. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And an important one for me, when do you feel most alive? 
right? Is there a circumstance? Is there a setting that you feel like something just different comes alive in you when you have those opportunities? Take note of that. What is that? Um, because that is likely something that God has gifted you with and uniquely designed you for. So why are we looking at all these different questions um, and lists of values? Uh, the reason is this. Uh, we have a little formula here, okay? And once again, not comprehensive in any way, but helpful, right? So the macro mission, love God and love people, plus your values, plus the shape, the way that God's created you, gifted you, given you certain life experiences, um, all of those things combine to help you identify your micro-mission. And I would encourage you uh, to participate in this near-death experiment, right? Um, to actually take the time to ask these questions um, because simply uh, taking the time during our message today is not gonna be enough for you to really reflect on the things that are important. Um, but taking some time this week to go over this list of questions, to ask people, what do you see in me? Uh, what strengths do you see? What gifts and talents would you identify as you've seen me uh, in action? Important things to do, and we have some materials that I'll mention later that can help you in that. Uh, but let's assume that we've identified our micro-mission. Let's, let's assume that you know what God has called you to. Um, what God has called you to either in a career or a job or starting an organization or simply the things that he's calling you to do on the side, right? A, a passion that he wants you to pursue as you continue to work and raise a family in your current settings. We're, we're majoring in the matters that matter most. Let's assume that, right? We're, we're focused on what those things are. Um, but what else do we need? Uh, well, I would say this. Focus is your friend, right? Focus is your friend. And that's why there's a second part to the bottom line today. So we, we want to major in the matters that matter most, right? We want to major in those matters, but we also need to put to death the distractions. Um, as we look at another passage here this morning, um, in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It's, it's a passage that many of us are familiar with. Um, it's when Jesus visits a home that belongs to two sisters named Martha and Mary, uh, and it reads like this. It says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, um, also known as Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Uh, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Right? Martha welcomes Jesus into her house, and her sister Mary sits at the Lord's feet and listens to his teaching. But Martha was what? She was distracted. Now, this fits very well in our, in our message for today, right? Because to Martha at this point in time, um, she may not have, must not have been focused on the matters that mattered most. 
because the Son of God was seated in her living room. And she was busy, as Jesus will later say, worrying about many things. Uh, She wasn't focused on who was in her living room, or perhaps hadn't really realized who it was, or maybe she'd assumed that this was going to be one visit among many more to come with her friend uh, and acquaintance, Jesus. She didn't know how many more visits with Jesus she had. But Mary, on the other hand, was focused on what mattered most. Uh, And Jesus affirms that, that, that there's really only one thing. He focuses in on the one thing. And Mary was in the process of being devoted to Jesus. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, and I agree. Martha was doing good things. She was. Hospitality, showing hospitality to guests was very important in that culture. She was doing good things. She was trying to make Jesus' visit as best and as perfect as she possibly could. But the fact of the matter is that those good things still led her to miss out on the best. And sometimes that's the way it is, right? That, that good things leave out the best or can cost us the best. Uh, said another way, sometimes good is the enemy of great. And so the fact of the matter is um, that sometimes for us to be focused on our micro mission means that we need to say no to some good things. We need to say no to some very good things uh, because there's another thing called great that is what we should be doing, um, that is the thing that matters most, that is our micro mission. It's what God has called us to. It's what he's designed us for. It's what he's put a passion in our heart for. And all those good things that we're doing will never have the impact, never make the difference that doing the great thing that he has for us would be. There was a heavyweight fighter, famous heavyweight fighter, uh, named Rocky Marciano. Uh, And Rocky Marciano is famous for a few things, um, but in particular, he's famous for being the only heavyweight champion to ever retire undefeated. Um, And uh, Joyce Carol Oates wrote a book called On Boxing. I confess I've never read it. Um, but came across this quote, and it's excellent. Um, maybe I should read more books about boxing. I don't know. I could learn a lot. Um, but, but concerning the unique level of focus and preparation rituals um, that produced so much success in the, in the career of Rocky Marciano, uh, Joyce Carol Oates writes this. Marciano was willing to exclude himself from the world, including his wife and family, for as long as three months before a fight. Apart from the grueling physical ordeal of this period and the obsessive preoccupation with diet and weight and muscle tone, Marciano concentrated on one thing, the upcoming fight. Every minute of his life was defined in terms of the opening second of the fight. In his training camp, the opponent's name was never mentioned in Marciano's hearing, nor was boxing as a subject ever discussed. In the final month, Marciano would not write a letter since a letter related to the outside world. During the last 10 days before a fight, he would see no mail, take no phone calls, meet no new acquaintances. 
During the week before the fight, he would not shake hands or go for a ride in a car, however brief, no new foods, no dreaming of the morning after the fight. For all that was not the fight had to be excluded from consciousness. When Marciano worked out with a punching bag, he saw his opponent before him. When he jogged, he saw his opponent close beside him. And no doubt, when he slept, he saw his opponent constantly. As the cloistered monk or nun chooses by an act of fanatical will to see only God. Focus. Focus on the matters that matter most. And so, here's the question. Is your daily life, is your routine, the subconscious and conscious choices that you're making on a daily basis, your patterns of living, your habits, are they really reflective of your true values? Are they really pointing to the destination that you're hoping to arrive at in the end? Don't live your life on autopilot. Don't miss the opportunity to reflect, to take inventory, to ask the questions, to discover what your micro-mission is and how you can engage in it. You'll need to ask some questions. What is that micro-mission for you? What do, what do the macro mission and your values and your shape and the answers to those questions, what micro mission do they point you to? And what things do you need to put to death? What distractions are keeping you from where you really want to be? You know, the Lord always convicts personally um, when you're preparing for a sermon. Um, and this thing uh, can be a major distraction for me. I have habits that are geared into this thing that just happen automatically. I turn it on, I start pressing buttons that are just like so automatic. And, and so yesterday I completely redesigned um, the layout of everything on my phone um, so that none of my habitual buttons are in the same places anymore. I would actually have to go and hunt for them and find them before I accidentally click myself into the news for the day or into Facebook, which is actually gone from my phone, um, or into whatever else it is, because that's one of my subconscious habits, and it needed to go to its grave. And we all have some of those uh, that need to be put to death so that we can focus on what really matters most. And, and who really matters most. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. As we sang earlier, thank you for your faithfulness unto us. We love you. Pray that you would stir in our hearts what you've designed us for. Some of us are really longing to know what you have for us outside of the daily grind. What mission you've called us to. Maybe not to start an entire organization, but just to use some of the passion that you've given us 
some of the calling that you've given us. And for some of us, that passion is buried beneath habits and patterns of behavior and, and distractions that we need to eliminate so that that passion can bubble to the surface again. Lord, would you do a work in us through your Spirit? Would you bubble those things up through your grace and your mercy? We know you're faithful, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.